0: blog talk radio greetings and good evening welcome to the psychic inside show my name is Joelle, and I am the librarian. I am here to elevate, enlighten, and empower with information that I trust that you will find as exciting and as informative as I do. I am here every week or just about, if, if my schedule is able to permit, um, on Blog Talk Radio on the Vibrary Radio Network. On Tuesday evenings, I am honored to get to sit down to people to discuss how they came to discover their psychic gifts and abilities. I believe that everyone is psychic, you just may not realize it. And by my hope is that by having these conversations, you will hear something that sparks in you a piece of recognition or an aha moment that helps you to put something into a different kind of perspective. Now, You can connect with me and the community of people that I like to call the Good Vibe Tribe out on the social networks. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find me by searching for at The Vibrarian, and that is like librarian only. It's all about the high vibes. So that is T-H-E-V-I-B-E, as in energy, R-A-R-I-A-N. And I love to pass on the positivity. So if you see something out there that you think is uplifting or helpful or that would put a smile on people's face, please tag me. Put, tag good vibe tribe, tag get lifted because I would love to share and amplify that energy so that it gets spread far and wide. I think that we do entirely too much negative promotion and I'm here to contribute my energy as much as possible To increasing the light frequency here on this planet. Now, all of my interviews and the people who have come on the Psychic and Sideshow are available for you to check out anytime if you head over to The Vibrary on YouTube. This is a repository of lectures, teachings, interviews, and all kinds of content and you can access it anytime if you need something to listen to on your drive, on your commute, before you go to sleep at night. Please do go over and check out these interviews. Um, That is The Vibrary, V-I-B-E R-A-R why. And as you can see, yes, I am a librarian, but I've shifted my frequency, so I'm sure you'll see the play on words with um, all the ways that things are talked about within my little reality here. Now, On Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm sitting down and talking with people who I have the honor of meeting out and about in the world. I don't believe that there are any such thing as accidents. I think that everything is an opportunity for us to learn something about ourselves through other people. And like many people on this consciousness journey or even not on the consciousness journey, I mean, uh, everybody is out there on YouTube. And you can get lost down the alleyways and byways of YouTube for hours at a time. And I tell you, I've learned so many things and been connected with some truly amazing and some truly not so amazing people. As you know, you kind of find all kinds of content on the Internet. But a few, I guess several weeks ago, I was connecting with a young lady who was running her YouTube channel, and there was a moderator in the comments who was always chiming in with these awesome kind of tidbits, and so I started to observe her energy, and when I clicked on her name, it intrigued me, first of all, because her name was Soul Whisperer. So I thought, ooh, the soul whisperer. I like the dog whisperer. Caesar Milan, he was awesome. The horse whisperer. Okay, what's the soul whisperer about? So when I clicked on the link, I ended up on this YouTube channel, and there I was seeing videos that were just little kind of like short 15, 20-minute messages. But as I started listening to them, I was like, wow, I really love this lady's energy. They were Really uplifting in a in a very simply delivered, clear way, and so I began to pay attention and reached out and connected i guess she whispered to my soul on some kind of level, and so I was honored to be able to meet. Hypatia Althea Grace. And so my guest tonight is the soul whisperer, and I would like to welcome you, Hypatia, to the Psychic Inside Show. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Gosh, that was a high vibe intro. I feel I'm lifting off (laughs) my chair right now. (laughs) I am too What can I say I love doing this I love connecting with people And when I say Your vibe attracts your tribe I really sincerely mean that There are any number of ways That we can find connection to people If we are open to it And I love when along My awareness comes These little bubbles of high vibe energy That Then I'm like Oh you're awesome So uh, for our guests who are listening tonight, you can call in to listen at 646-787-8436. If you have any questions throughout the show and you want to find out a a little bit more about any subject she's talking about, just press the pound one key and I'll know that I need to bring you on for a question. Now, if you're calling for a reading, you're going to need to wait because this is about an interview and it remains to be seen whether we'll be doing on-air readings tonight or not. That is not the focus of the show, although I'm always honored and grateful when my guests do make themselves available for the listening audience. But we've got the phone bank filling up with people already this evening, so I can tell this is going to be a wonderful conversation. Now according to your bio, it says, you know, you're a shaman, a seer energetic practitioner, empath, intuitive teacher, writer, wisdom seeker, encourager, mystic minister, tarot reader, and lover of light, life, love, laughter, and liberty. But what I do notice is that it does not say... I am a psychic. All right. So do you <laughs> resonate with the word psychic? Do you claim that as an energetic term that is could be used to describe you? Well, you know, it's
1: I'll the short answer is I do now. Um but before I didn't. I always thought I never saw myself that way. But my most recent teacher told me that I was born psychic and I guess I kind of knew it, but I never had that label for it. And then as I was growing up, that word became something that was sort of anathema, you know, a psychic, Mm -hmm. you know, you believe in that Mm -hmm. stuff, you know? And Mm -hmm. so nobody claimed it except Miss Cleo. And you remember if you called (laughs) her now, you could get a reading, but, (laughs) but I didn't claim it. I always knew I was intuitive but I never actually claimed the word psychic until just this time really in my life.
0: Now, so when you were younger, do you have mm-hmm. a, then an awareness of having um extra awareness of your world around you? And if so, what what would did that look like for you?
1: Well, you know, that's a really interesting question um because I did, but At the same time that I had that awareness, I was shut down, you know, and I often Mm. tell my story in my different videos. I use myself as an example sometimes, or I write uh, on my blog as well about some of my experiences. And I, so whatever I thought or felt was kind of shut down, especially in the time that I grew up in because children were to be seen and not heard so you mm-hmm. were being too big for your britches if you said things that adults thought you ought not know or if you did things that they thought were precocious or just extra um mm-hmm. you did not you were not able to so i if i even thought that about myself i was limited because anything that i thought i knew or felt or said was often shut down and i was told that i didn't know what i was talking about and I wasn't mm-hmm. the kind of child that went on and said, well, then just, you know, you don't know who you're talking to, because I know there are some <laughs> children that may experience that, but manage to retain their, um, their sense of self-confidence and their sense of self-worth. But I was one in desperate need of approval. And so mm-hmm. whatever my unit said to me, I took to heart and I thought they must be right. And therefore, mm-hmm. obviously don't know what I'm talking about. So while I did mm. have an awareness of life around me I did experience that but it was limited because I wanted more to be loved and accepted and appreciated.
0: Mm. I hope that answers your question. Yes, absolutely. Was there any kind of um a religious environment that was present in your childhood? Or was it just more of kind of the, like you said, the children are to be seen and not heard kind of mindset?
1: Well, no, there was that religious upbringing. And what's interesting, and I, if I had known then and if I had had the words for how my life would outpicture as I grew up and as I went on the many spiritual roads that I went on in my life, I would have seen it in the beginning because my mother was Southern Baptist in terms of her mm-hmm. you know religious path and my father was episcopalian which is like <laughs> out of the church of england and really? before that he was following the catholic faith and couldn't become a catholic because of the rules they had about if you had another wife before you had this one and she was still alive mm-hmm. you were legally not you know uh, free from her so he couldn't become mm-hmm. a catholic but at the time he was going to the catholic church I went to church with him and I went to church with my mother. So I had a flavor of diversity very early on in terms of spiritual uh, exploration, you might say. And Mm -hmm. then when he became an Episcopalian, I still went to church with him. So it was in the home. I never, it was never brought to us in a way though, where maybe some people experienced uh, you know, like Sunday school and the whole the whole nine yards if you go the Baptist way, all day church and mm-hmm. all that. I didn't, we didn't do that. And we didn't have to do Sunday school. And my mother never taught about hellfire and damnation or anything like that. Mm. I never heard stuff like that. But she would always mm-hmm. say, you're going to go to church. And when you're 18 or 21, I don't remember which age, if you decide you don't want to do that, then that's your choice. But right now, that's what you're going to do. So we all did it, Mm -hmm. all my
0: siblings (laughs) Well, I was going to say those are two very, what I would call, high church But in two different ways, you know, like the Episcopal is very orderly and ceremonial And has traditions that are hundreds of years old and the Baptist is, you know, got his own traditions and ceremonies of, to the Episcopalians is probably rowdy and raucous in some respects, which, you know, came from a charismatic kind of Baptist. But again, very strong belief systems in both of those types of religions. So it's interesting to hear that it was not like necessarily beat about your head uh, to mm-hmm. kind of embrace those. It's a really uh, like a mixed marriage if you've got an Episcopalian. And a Baptist, you know, it's like Jewish and Catholic yeah. kind of in some, <laughs> some ways. Now, did you develop and they a
1: belief? Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, and they didn't, like, one didn't say, you should go with me or you should go with, you know, the other one didn't say that. It was left up to us. If we wanted to go to church with Daddy that week. We went with him. If we wanted to go with Mama, we went with her. It was like that.
0: Mm-hmm. So there
1: was a level of choice you didn't have choice not to go, but in the, in the going, you
0: could choose. (laughs) And did you have then a belief that developed in your teen years or younger years in a higher power? Well, I was doing
1: my best. I tended to resonate more with my mother. And so I resonated with her, you know, religious side. So I went most often to the Baptist church. And when I was, I don't know, 14, 15 years old. And, you know, I don't know if you know about the Baptist churches, but towards the end of the service, the minister will always step out and and they play mm-hmm. this wonderful music and they always step out and <laughs> invite people to come up enjoy, mm-hmm. Come, come up to Jesus.
0: Enjoy. Come up, come <laughs> to
1: Jesus. Yes. And one day I just rose from my seat and I was the only person and I, and I walked up to the podium and of course they were just all delighted. And that, that was my, Uh, sort of stepping out in my own way to acknowledge what I thought I understood at that time about what we call God. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I did that on my own. Nobody
0: coerced me.
1: I also Mm -hmm. left on my own years later. Nobody coerced
0: me. Right. Now, when you then stepped into your teen years – at what point did you begin to maybe open back up to the extra awareness that you had had in your early years that you shut down? Oh, you know, I don't think I did open back
1: up until I got to, actually technically until I got to graduate school. So it was like, you know, a real long time before Mm -hmm. I – started to explore. And and by the time that I got to graduate school, I was coming out of my final exploration of what I would call organized religion, or at least organized Christianity, because, you know, I tried Mm -hmm. to explore the different things that I could explore. The last one being becoming a student of Jehovah's witnesses. So I learned the Bible very well, although I never became a Jehovah's witness, but Mm -hmm. I, Wanted to know as much as I could know. And by the time that I got through my studies, I realized or I felt that none of this is working for me. This does not answer my questions. Mm -hmm. I don't really know, you know, whatever they're telling me, it's not enough. And Mm -hmm. I kind of left that as I entered graduate school and was introduced to a whole new way of looking and thinking about things as I entered the world of new thought religion, which includes unity, Mm -hmm. science of mind, divine science, Christian science, and all of that, which is about um, really looking at religion or Christianity sort of metaphysically and positively. And that changed my life really in many, many ways. And I almost became a minister in that tradition. But mm-hmm. I was yet I was not to end up there, I would say. I was <laughs> keep
0: going. <laughs> now when you were in graduate school, what uh what was your at this point then your vocational fire? What were you studying to become, do, or be?
1: Oh, well, I actually <laughs> studied something called called American studies, which is a study of American culture, which I explored mm. through literature and history. So that actually when I graduated I was I was qualified to teach either US history or including African American history, women's history and also English, English lit and English grammar and all of that. So that was what that prepared me. That what that prepared me for um, during my graduate years. But that was the most boring part of being in graduate school, to be truthful, because that was when okay. I really began my explorations, my spiritual expansion. Because at that point is when you know. I came into, I don't know which book it was, The Magic of Believing, I think it, may have been the first book, or Shirley MacLaine's Out on a Limb, mm.
0: or Three okay.
1: Magic Words by U.S. Anderson. All of those books mm-hmm. came into my life, and I, my mind expanded, and I began to think that I knew they had been selling us a bill of goods, <laughs> and, mm. and it was off to the races from there. Ouija boards, runes, tarot cards. Uh, Mm -hmm. chakras, uh, meditation, walking the labyrinth, channeling,
2: Mm. name,
1: all of that came during graduate school, my crystals, all of that. So that was really where my life opened up. And that was really the best time in my life so far. I mean, as far as learning and knowledge
0: and expansion. Hmm. Can you give me a sense of what years that would have been for us in American culturally <laughs> speaking? Oh, the 90s. Okay. So okay. Uh,
1: that was when uh, I was doing spiritual exploration. That was when, I don't know if I told you that, I, um, I'm, I co-authored a book with my two good friends, Keisho Scott and Cherry Muhanji, called Tight Spaces, that was published mm-hmm. And received a uh, Before Columbus American Book Award in 1988, Mm. republished again by the University of Iowa in 1999. And it's now currently out of print, although you can probably find it on Amazon uh, as a used copy. So I did everything in that time, in that moment, everything that was fun except studies. I didn't like graduate (laughs) school.
0: Well, you know, you made my my little librarian heart just skip to me like, oh, a book (laughs) for my list. Okay, tight (laughs) spaces. I like that. Okay, so I've made a note to that, and we'll definitely put the information. I'm gonna circle back to you on those other books that you mentioned that were oh, integral okay. to you at the time you're awakening because I love to always capture those meaningful pages that people read that change their perspective. I just love it. So I'm like, yes. And you might
2: also <laughs> really
1: like to know uh, Keisho and Cherry because they're totally interesting, unique women that, well, I just say that I don't travel with anybody in my circle who's, who's not quite frankly,
2: you know, in my in my inner
0: circle. Right. I have no riffraff. <laughs> okay, well, you know, that's a beautiful part of maturing and growing is that you cut the extraneous things that uh, are not necessary to you in your present moment with grace and ease, as you know, with your last there name you being Grace, <laughs> you know. Ah, yes, so you, yes. You were able to dive fully into this exploration then of crystals, metaphysics, science of mind. Um, and at that time when in the 90s, and we definitely were starting to see, uh, you know, like the Sylvia Browns coming forward and yeah. more publishings, You know, we had gone through the Nancy Reagan era of her making yeah. ways with her consulting psychics and stuff. So the word uh, psychic certainly began to be more commonplace, Metaphysics were more accessible. You could find crystal shops and things of that nature, so that had to be a mm-hmm. very energizing time for you to step into that awareness as you started to then like learn more about yourself. What were the things that kind of began expanding in terms of your own extra sensory awareness? Mhm.
1: I, I did have some experiences, uh, mystical experiences, or uh, if you will, or, or psychic experiences, times when I saw, you know, I'd wake up and there'd be somebody standing over me, you know, mm-hmm. or I'd see, I'd wake up and I'd see like just a, you know, just a head of someone floating next to me, or I'd hear uh, certain things. When my sister um, passed away, I saw her in a ball of light you know, in which Mm -hmm. I immediately knew it was she, and I knew she was fine. And so Mm -hmm. it helped, you know, it helped that I had come as far as I had come with the knowledge that I had at that time, because I think sometimes if I hadn't had the knowledge that I had, I would not have been able to understand her death at such an early age. And in the Mm -hmm. way that, you know, she did die, I wouldn't have been able to be, um, more at peace, I wouldn't have been able to be available to others who were more in need of the healing because they didn't have the information I had. And so I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, that expanded me. I did have a lot of little experiences like that. I would feel very expanded when I was in meditations. I did a lot of meditation in that time period. And so mm-hmm. everything was like, it was like new. <laughs> it was it was mm-hmm. really, um, but I wasn't, at that point, I was still kind of afraid of things. I bought my first deck of tarot cards there and then put them on the shelf and stared at them because Mm. I really wasn't (laughs) sure if they were of the devil or
2: or not, so to speak.
1: So it took a while before I, you know, even though I had them, I, uh, I never really looked at them. So there was, it's like my Spiritual growth has sort of been in alignment with my personal growth and development, generally speaking, as I heal myself and come out of the wounding that I've carried a lot in my life, you know, from my childhood, um, understanding myself and healing myself. It's sort of been right in sync with what I've been doing spiritually, and I just think at this point in my life, now that maybe my spiritual development is outpacing that, you know, personal growth and development, because I have done a lot of work, although doing work will be with me until I cross to the next uh, dimension. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I feel that at this point in my life, um, I'm growing more now spiritually than I ever was. So you're kind of asking me to go, mm. you know, to trace back. But it's really the mm-hmm. last several years that I would say that my growth has been more developed, more exponential than at any other time in my life. And it's I guess that's as it should be,
0: absolutely any bring it on any time never it's never any time period past the point of growth and expansion now when you did you have then a very traditional kind of career path, or were you able to kind of begin to incorporate beyond the student years of being able to explore all these subjects? or did you kind of just then do the the regular job kind of thing, and all this was hobby and personal growth? Well, I did do
1: a real job. <laughs> For many years, I taught at the university, at different universities in the United States. And I taught, most of the time, I taught English courses. But at uh, one span of my uh, time, um, when I taught at Knox College, I taught history, mostly U.S. history, uh slavery and African-American history, women's history, and autobiography. That was the time I sort of, Mm. you know, diverted from my, you know, regular teaching English to students, you know, writing essays and all of that kind of stuff. And I Mm -hmm. am my mother's daughter because my mother was a teacher. And so I kind of came by that honestly. But to tell you the truth, I, I never, all of my life, Even up to that point, I never really felt like I was doing me, if that makes Mm. any sense. I was Mm -hmm. doing what I thought I should do because I
2: didn't,
1: Mm. remember I said earlier on, everything I ever thought and felt was poo-pooed, you know, was sort of dismissed Mm -hmm. as be real, (laughs) you know, you Mm -hmm. better get a good job. You know, my mother would say things to me like singers are a dime a dozen. So don't you're not going in that direction, or you have to be really mm-hmm. good to make it as a writer. So those are the kind of things that I got. So those were the things that moved me the things that I wanted to do, sing and act and write. But those were the things mm-hmm. that were told, you know, I was told were not right, or not good, or you won't make a mm-hmm. job, you know, you won't get paid that way. And so I just followed mm. the track of what I thought I was supposed to do. And so for my career, I did I taught. And I was, there was no real joy in that for me, although I always liked my students.
0: So at what point did that call for something more begin to then activate intangible steps that led you to your present point now? Mm.
1: Well, I would say when I decided to leave the United States, (laughs) I... um, (laughs) It was, you know, when I decided to leave my job, when I was through working and I decided I, you know, because I always felt that I was, I've always called myself an international person. I've always felt that I would Mm -hmm. live outside the United States. I would (laughs) live all around the world. I haven't done that all around yet. I've been a few places um, Mm -hmm. in my life and time. That's right. (laughs) But anyway, I, I, um, I, I'm, so I'm here in South America And it was here where I could afford and take the time to really uh, sort of turn on my, turn my radar on spirituality in a deep way, in a bigger way. And in an unanticipated way, because that I'd already been down the path, as I told you, of traditional Christianity, of new thought Christianity, which was a sort of metaphysical version of it, of Islam, of Buddhism, mm-hmm. of Hinduism, mm-hmm. and many, many meditation paths, many, <laughs> many. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think the only thing I didn't path I didn't go down was Judaism but virtually every other one as far as the ones that are known in this world. So I had done all of that. And so by the time I got here in South America, I was, uh, you know, just doing what I knew to do, meditating, you know, trying to still figure my life out. It's like, what is Mm -hmm. the meaning of it? And where am I going and when am I going to get there? And it was then that I met my most recent teacher who took me down the path of shamanism. So that's okay. where I, I begin I began to get that training and um receive some of the rights of that tradition. So mm-hmm. I think what I've learned or seen in this whole process, my friend Jasmine said to me that by virtue of me going in all these different paths throughout my life, she said, I think you're just trying to remember what you already know.
2: And that yes. was a very profound <laughs> statement.
1: Because i have yeah. done all of this in many, many lives. And when I walked down mm-hmm. the Sufi path and I met my Sheikh came from mm. Jerusalem to uh, to the mm. States, they brought him in. He said to me, he started laughing, and we had a little conversation, and he said, it's funny, your great-grandfather is standing in front of me, and it's funny that he thinks it's funny that I have to tell you about you, mm and mm-hmm. which was also a very profound statement at the time <laughs> you know because i couldn't see my great grandfather but he could right so right. that was
0: very interesting you know there's two things that you talk about that i think are really important and i want to bring out um for a lot of a more mature career individuals, like where you've really gone and put effort into acquiring the education and knowledge needed for your profession, and you've done your, you know, say 10 to 20 years doing what you do and becoming very good at it. But when you realize that Mm -hmm. it's not speaking to your soul at a fundamental level, There has been a whole wave of, like, my peers, I'm 47, and there's a whole wave of people that began to be clients that were, like, my peers that were all reaching this point of, oh, my God, I'm a doctor. I spent all this time being a doctor, but I find that I'm not healing people in the way that I thought I was going to be healing people, and now I want to Mm. do something different, and my family is going to lose their minds. What do I do with that? Then finding people who are then taking that wherewithal to say, yes, I've done that, but I still need to do something else for my soul. Now, don't ask me what it is, and this may sound crazy Mm -hmm. to you, but yes, I'm going to walk away from the house that I built diligently and lovingly. I am going to close Mm -hmm. it up and walk away from it, and now I'm going to move off to South America or wherever wherever my journey leads. And to not have a knowing of what it will look like on the other end of that, that is taking a courage and a bravery. And I I would love for our listeners to just really understand that this is okay if you're considering it and you are not mm-hmm. the first person who has ever decided to make that leap, you know, and um, – mm-hmm when you talk about unlocking the pieces of your own and knowing what I have read and learned is that if you feel a call to go to a particular place for vacation, You know, I want to go to Athens, Greece, or I want to go to this place. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I've never been there, but there's just something in me that wants to go. I've always been curious about it, that most likely it is for your soul's reconnection with a past Mm -hmm. life that you have had in that vibrational space, you know, and to look at that maybe more depthfully instead of randomly like a vacationer and then look to see the signs and the feelings that you experience when you go to those places so that you can go ahead and receive the unlocking of what it is that has pulled you there at a very deep level. I know when I looked at your email address, it was like global woman, you know what I'm saying? And I know Mm -hmm. that you have traveled, to many places. How did you end up then dropping your pin in South America?
1: Really and truly because, you know, after the research I did about what were the sort of top places here in South America, I chose Ecuador and because it was the most reasonable to me. But Initially, I wanted to go and still want to go to Vietnam and Cambodia Mm -hmm. because my spirit Mm -hmm. calls me there and it always has and back to Africa. I didn't live in Africa, but I but I visited. And then there are Mm -hmm. many, many, many places that just call me to be there, you know, in Mm some place. And I know it's because of just what you just said it's, I know that my soul has experienced everything. I have experienced everything at different, you know, on different journeys. And I'm trying to remember who I am. And I think when Mm -hmm. I'm called to those places, it's my, it's something calling me. It's like another little slot in the jigsaw. Remember this, remember this, Mm -hmm. see this, wake Mm -hmm. up, smell this,
2: Mm -hmm. look at that. Mm
1: -hmm. And I was just constituted in such a way that I never saw myself as behind a border. I've never seen myself that way. I know that without a doubt I could go anywhere in this world and adapt Mm -hmm. and live. I came here sight unseen and I've been here for five Mm -hmm. years. So it's kind of like, if I make my mind up that I want to go, I know that I want to spend time living in certain places and I don't, you know, I do my due diligence. I do my research. I do that. I try to connect with people who've been there or, or who live there or whatever. But when it comes mm-hmm. to like peekaboo, I don't. <laughs> I just do it. And then maybe that's because I'm mm-hmm. an Aries and we just got it like that. You know, meeting <laughs> in that way. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> You're a But I have explorer, all the like, elements. <laughs> <laughs> I have them, but all that Aries... in my chart.
0: Well, that area, though, what is this? And I'm not waiting for anybody I'm going to go see. You know, energy is definitely uh, empowering energy to use to discover yourself through the world around you. I think it's so interesting because I've met uh, – I I told you we were like soul sisters. I, I did very similar mm-hmm. in terms of departing a traditional reality. And when I looked at where I could go – and live for cheaper than I was living in Atlanta for the time that I had given right. myself to go explore, Vietnam actually came up like top of the list in terms of wow. places where you could live very affordably and very well. Uh, but I was like, wow, that's just t- too big of a dart throw, you know, for me and I had family concerns that I wanted to be a little more proximate to the United States. But Vietnam was very much at the top of the list. And then wow. Ecuador was uh you know, also on the list. But I was familiar with Playa del Carmen. And I know you said that you looked at Playa del Carmen at one point when you were considering places that you would um Live or visit or that had a pull To you and I think It's so interesting because The shamanic traditions The the indigenous Practices of Accessing spiritual Information it does Not matter what continent You are on you know A shaman is a shaman is a Shaman is a shaman And there is a Unity really In the whole practice of shamanism that defies cultural barriers such as like episcopal and Baptist you know there is very right. much a, a a more of a unified connection and so the places you're talking about in you know South America in Africa um you know that and that you were called to be at one point you thought you might be a minister but then you wound up becoming more involved in sh- shamanic work, they're like cousins, you know, so it's like different mm-hmm. versions of the energy that you were seeking to express through yourself. And I think that that yes, is also important. perfectly expressed. <laughs> yeah,
2: people try English to find one size.
0: <laughs> well, people look <laughs> for that. It, there's not a model for what I'm doing, you know, which is one of the reasons I love that you had so many descriptions about who you were, because uh that whole idea that we're just one thing, well, I'm either a minister mm-hmm. or a shaman, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, no, and there might be a new word that comes up that I'm gonna add to the litany of how I express my gifts to the world, you know, um yes. when you first go ahead,
2: <laughs> when, no, when you first no, started but
0: I'm being. Well, when you first started being drawn by your teacher then into uh, shamanic experiences, were you thinking that you were actually then going to become a shaman, or you were just kind of like experiencing uh, the meditations and the ceremonial type activities, or were you like, teach me this, I want to do this?
1: No, I actually did not do that <laughs> actually
2: I'll tell you there
1: there's two sort of two stories about that. One is my friend Pamela, who's no longer here in Ecuador. She's part ecuadorian part lebanese, and she is a plant shaman see there's there are different kinds of shamans, and she mm-hmm. is the one that uh, ecuador is um, they do ayahuasca ceremonies in the in the jungle, mm-hmm. but they also but mostly what they're known for in the mountains here in the Andes is. San Pedro and she was a plant shaman of San Pedro and she used to try to get me to to do a ceremony with her. (laughs) She said, people come to me and they ask me to please let me to please do a San Pedro ceremony. And I turned them down. She said, I want you to do it. And I didn't (laughs) have enough chutzpah or whatever, because I didn't know what that meant. I didn't want anything taking, taking me out of my own control. So it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know what that means, but she did until the day she left and returned to the US. I she, she wanted me to do that. But that's my one experience with her. The kind of shamanism that I was, was learning was energetic shamanism. My teacher is okay. an energy shaman. So it's remote mm-hmm. healing, um, uh, distance healing, remote healing, not unlike what people, other kinds of, energy healing, like Reiki, or axiotonal healing, or angel light healing, Mm -hmm. or you name all those kind of energy healing modalities, only this one is shamanism. So I come with a a lineage of shamans that I received, as well as I work with a a planetary collective, as well as the things, the rights I received, as well as the things that she taught me. And when I met her, Mm -hmm. it was just happenstance, because she actually is here also from the U S and, mm-hmm. um, she, I met her in an exercise class and she made a comment like, Oh, I got to call my client while she was sitting next to me. And I said, Oh, what do you do? Cause that's my Gemini rising mm. always at work. And she said <laughs> really quickly, she said, I'm a psychic and my eyes bulged mm. out really, really wide because I was so thrilled that, first of all, she was an African-American woman like me, which there was resonance Mm -hmm. for me in that, and that she was a psychic, which did I ever think that I would meet one with my not very fluent Spanish-speaking self uh, (laughs) in the first place that I would be able to really Mm -hmm. get what I needed. And so I approached her in that way. I needed her services as a psychic. And then as we walked down the street, she told me, actually, I'm a shaman, but I don't tell people that because they don't know what it is. And I said, well, I know what it is. (laughs) And that was Mm -hmm. the way that began. And it was sometime a year or so later when she sort of pulled me in under her tutelage. But I had not Mm. looked for it. I wasn't anticipating it. I just wanted healing. I just wanted, you know, I wanted her to do what she did for me, but I did not expect to become a part of it.
0: Does that answer your question? <laughs> yes, and but I tell people all the time there are so many resources within your touch. You could reach out mm. and touch them, and if somebody in, next to you in exercise class that a simple inquiry that says, "Oh, what do you do?" You know, that then unlocks a new pathway because you took the time to engage with the other, someone external to yourself in what seems to be a casual way. And I just love that as an example, because we truly have an opportunity that which we are seeking is seeking us. And so at a consciousness level, you were not seeking to become a shaman, but you certainly were seeking to grow yourself at a level, you know, and here was a person
1: who, until the day I
0: step out of this flesh, I will be doing that
1: forever and ever and ever. Because for me, life is, it's, it's not about getting there. It's about what happens along the way. And for me, mm-hmm. as like I say, with my Gemini rising self, I'm ever curious. I'm ever seeking to know and to understand and to un- in- internalize and externalize, internalize what I'm mm-hmm. learning and externalize it in my own unique way. And mm-hmm. I subsequent to that, I met three other shamans, my friends, Rita mm. and Henry and yeah and um so I in Shara I met three different shamans additional shamans mm-hmm. so seems like this is the place to be if you want to meet a
0: shaman who know a shaman um anyway well if you're I putting out the, the shaman frequency if you're putting out the shaman frequency, then anywhere you plant your little anchor, if they're gonna flock, you know, birds of a feather flock together, vibe attracts tribe. So, that is a mm-hmm. beautiful thing. But I will say, places like Ecuador, uh, Playa del Carmen, Chiang Mai, these are places mm. where people who are on soul journeys where they're really, you know, they may think they're going for a yoga certification in Playa del Carmen or Tulum or to go meditate for 30 days in Chiang Mai. These are like hubs Mm -hmm. for people who are seeking for spiritual growth and development. Did you know that about uh, where you were going in Ecuador or you just kind of were looking at the logistics of the town, the cost of living, what it would be like for you as a solo expatriating person?
1: To tell you the truth, if anybody had ever told me that I would end up here, I would have told them they were a bold-faced lie because the only (laughs) thing I ever remembered... (laughs) And I love Ecuador. I mean, now that I'm here, I love it. But at the time, the only thing I could remember about Ecuador was when I was in junior high school, and we used to have those social studies classes where they give you those blank maps, and you'd have to fill in Mm -hmm. the different Mm -hmm. countries and color them in. And that's where I Mm -hmm. heard the first and last time I heard of Ecuador, I was like, where? (laughs) And it was like, you know, By a process of elimination, the first one being Vietnam and uh, Cambodia being out just Mm -hmm. because of distance. I wanted my first real four-way living outside the country to be a little bit closer. And I'm only four hours from Miami. So that's how close Mm -hmm. I am if if there's some reason that I need to get home. My siblings um, are there. We're from Detroit, and my siblings are there in Detroit. And it's just them now and me. So three of them are on the other mm-hmm. side, and three of us are here. So I wanted to kind of mm-hmm. stay a little bit closer. So Ecuador was not my, like, choice, because I don't even, I didn't even remember what it was or what it was,
0: mm-hmm. but okay. I mean, would have
1: gone to Brazil. If you had asked me, Brazil, you know, mm-hmm. would have been the place that's always called my, and I still go there and visit. But um, mm-hmm. it's actually turned out to be a very wonderful experience. Uh in this
0: small country. And you've been there about five years now or so? Yes. Or has it been longer? Okay. No, and five so, years this year. Well happy anniversary. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, last month, thank you.
2: <laughs>
0: so as you then begin to grow At what point did you begin to transition from self-healing and exploration with your gifts to then becoming a practitioner for others?
1: Mm, That's a great question. You know, in many ways, I've always been that, although it was nothing I ever called just by virtue of who I am as a person, just by virtue of my personality and my, I always, my innate I think I have this innate way of helping of healing people because I'm a very compassionate person. That's probably one of the strongest mm-hmm. things that I have as a quality. And, um, but what sort of got me where to being in this space is, is, is this teacher is the shaman teacher who as, sh- sh- as me and her other students were progressing, she would encourage us to do this, do that, you know, <clears throat> It's time for you to do this. And she was mm-hmm. pushing us. She was pushing mm-hmm. us out. And um, so that's really the reason that I'm actually even out here in that way now. Because as I said, I, you know, my initial joy was to explore singing and writing and acting. If you ask me my mm-hmm. joy, it never was mm-hmm. to think that I would be on a spiritual path, although I've been a teacher all my life. I think that I was, you know, you know, my first astrologer said to me, you know, if you're going to be a teacher, he said, you're not going to be the usual kind of teacher. Now, even though I was the mm-hmm. usual kind of teacher for most of my life, I have now, mm-hmm. you know, graduated into a different kind of teacher or, you know, a, you know, a non-traditional type of teacher. So I've always mm-hmm. sort of had that as part of who I am. It's just part of my, I think, my personality or, or who I am. I just sort of do it. It's not that I am mm-hmm. trying to do it. Does that make
0: sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it does. I, I think mm-hmm. that, you know, as people are listening to, you know, your story this evening, uh, you know, I love having these conversations because there is no right or wrong way to be you. And a lot of us end up in unexpected places, being our happy-dappiest little selves, and then it winds up that we are able to turn that energy outwards to impact others in a positive way. And that's almost just like the bonus, if you will, to the whole experience, um, And so you can't say, well, well, there are young kids now who say, well, I'm going to be a psychic, you know, and I'm going to be an astrologer, because that's certainly open to them now in this modern time. But it's not right. like you said 30, 40 years ago, I'm going to be a shaman living in Ecuador. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, that was not on my trajectory.
2: <laughs> I never could have ever <laughs> thought
1: that. But, you know, I will say this, because this thing speaks to me really deeply, and that is that... You know, parents ought to encourage their children, whatever their children express a desire to explore, be, or do. And because I was so impacted because of my devotion, love, and adoration of my parents, that I didn't want to do anything that displeased them. And it meant if Mm -hmm. I had to sacrifice myself. Now, I wouldn't have known that's what I was doing, but that's what I did. Mm If I had to sacrifice mm-hmm. myself because it meant that they would love me in some way, because I felt that I was never whatever I wanted, like I said, was never enough, was never good enough, was never going to be enough unless mm-hmm. I did it in a certain way, it, mm-hmm. it really wreaked havoc on my life. And it's taken mm-hmm. me all these years to unravel from that. So I just want to mm-hmm. say when your children come to you, you know listen to them, nurture them, love them, no matter what they are, who they are. They're trying to figure it out. None of this matters in the realm of anything because we're just spirit beings in these fleshly suits that we're wearing and there is no right Mm -hmm. and wrong. And I just, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel so strongly about that. And I see so many children who are shut down because, you Mm know, you getting on, boy, you getting on my nerves, go sit your little ass down over there or anything like Mm -hmm. that that just. You know, mm-hmm. takes away the child's humanity, takes the humiliates them in some way. I'm really, mm-hmm. really strong on that. And I can just go so mm-hmm. back for a while on that topic. But it comes out of my experience. And most of the things often that I talk about, I do because they come out of my experience and my, heal- my healing journey as well. Mm-hmm. I don't see those mm-hmm. two things as divorced from each other. My spiritual growth is in tandem with
0: my healing. So, yes. um, yeah,, yeah, one a- of the important things that I understand from shamanic healing practices is that those fragments of the soul self. That get mm. lost or splintered off or retreat or separate uh as a way of yeah. protecting from the experiences that are damaging shamanic practitioners are that as part of the calling is to go help reintegrate those fractals in the inner child healing, you know, to pull those pieces of self back into harmony and acceptance with the current aspect of yourself. And I, I highly advise people to do shamanic healing work in addition to other things that they may be doing to explore, uh, you know, from psychi- psychology and therapy, which I'm mm-hmm. a firm believer in as well. But when you've mm-hmm, done that mm-hmm. work, then there are pieces of you that you can also then begin to do work uh, to retrieve or do so, so like relieval, retrieval through shamanic pathways, drumming, energy yeah. work, ceremony, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's,
1: you know, what you when you begin to do this sort of not only spiritual work, but personal work, when you do your own soul's work, when you do your own healing work, you begin to see, you look out into the world and you begin to see there are more people like you than not. There are more people whose who soul fragments are scattered all over because there's this appearance of normalcy, especially in U.S. Mm-hmm. culture. But what is that? Mm-hmm. There are so many damaged people, damaged in the way of trauma, damaged in the way of uh, humiliation, denial, and all of these things that you're just like tossed to the wind in so many pieces. And all of there are more of us that are in that, you know, way than so-called normal or so-called whole or healthy. And I think we're all Mm -hmm. on the road to that. We're just at different places in that journey trying to recover those pieces Mm -hmm. of ourselves. And so Mm
2: -hmm. I
1: just, you know, when I was growing up, it was the exception rather than the rule. You didn't talk about things like mental illness. You didn't talk about things like somebody has, you know, problems. You kept all that stuff in the house, in the family. You didn't put it out Mm -hmm. in the streets, as they would say. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. nobody knew what. Things like therapists were or psychologists were. Nobody mm. talked about it. If you just had a problem, you know, uh, uh, my sister had was had met, suffered from mental illness, and the way that my parents understood it, because we didn't have that language at the time, was that she's sometimey. Sometimes she liked mm. this, sometimes <laughs> she like that. You know, <laughs> and so it would be it would be that it would be we just didn't have the information, and it was so strange. You know, you weren't mm-hmm. in the norm. Nobody wanted to admit it. So mm-hmm. nobody sought that out, especially in the African-American community, especially you didn't want to be thought of as crazy or anything else because we already mm-hmm. had another enough things that we had to carry, you know, in terms of being, uh, you know, less than is the way we were seen. So to be add on something else like mental illness, nobody was even mm-hmm. going to acknowledge that ish. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. Um, right. Anyway, I think more people, in, especially nowadays in the United States, but probably in other many other places, at least in Western world, there are a lot of people who are f- very fragmented because the mm-hmm. nature of the societies that we live in wants it that way, has it that way, and makes it that way. Mm-hmm. The levels of stress are beyond what they should be for any really normal so to speak kind of living yeah and so if anybody's holding it together it surprises me but that's another that's another soapbox issue that I could take off well
0: it's it's very interesting because when they say you know you change your there's a beer commercial it says you change your latitude you change your attitude but in a very Mm. real and practical sense when you move out of the community or environment that you know, you automatically then expand. And that could be moving from your local town to the next town over or from one side of the country to the other. But there is a certain mm-hmm. kind of um, commonality that puts a continent or nation of people kind of in the same frequency. And so for the United States, for all of our southern, northern, west coast differences is still very much the American way. And when you step outside of the country, it is very different, and you learn that people approach spirituality from a very functional level differently. When you got to Ecuador, in terms of being an African-American woman, then pursuing her spiritual growth and healing Did you encounter Mm -hmm. any challenges or was it somewhat easier there than in the United States to unpack yourself, if you will? Oh,
1: well, that's almost a (laughs) no-brainer for somebody like me. It was quite easy (laughs) here to begin to unpack myself, partly because, like I said, I've always seen myself as a person of the world and not an American as such or an African-American, even though I had take on those identities because that's my, you know, that's my geography most of my life. But I've always Mm -hmm. seen myself as this person who was a person of the world. So in order for me to understand myself better, I need to, I like to understand myself through other, through the eyes of other ways, through the eyes of other cultures and beliefs. You know, I went, you know, I, you know, I did, like I said, many meditation paths and all the traditional ones, including, you know, uh, ifa, which is the tradition that comes out of mm-hmm. uh, Nigeria, out of West Africa, because my roots, mm-hmm. they tell me, go back to uh, Benin and Togo. Uh, but that's another, mm-hmm. that's another subject. I haven't been there yet. But um, mm-hmm. I found it very easy to be myself because, you know, that expression, you know, wherever you go, there you are, or wherever you go, mm-hmm. you take yourself with you. So I was, mm-hmm. I'm just who I am, and would be in the U.S. only with more peace more peaceful surroundings, mm. much more, uh, for me, holy vibrations, because peace is about a kind of, you know, it gives you the opportunity to go deeper into yourself, which is probably how I got, you know, to where I am now. And I think that all mm-hmm. the distractions that are in the Western world and U.S. culture, for example, are intended to give you the opposite experience keep you so stressed Mm. out and so pumped up. You don't have any time for downtime. You don't have any Mm -hmm. time to look and reflect and see who you are. I mean, you're going to have to fight for that. And that's what I'm always Mm -hmm. trying to encourage through my messages is what I'm always trying to encourage people to do, you know, is not to give up and give in to that to that vibration because that vibration is a vibration of fear. And it's meant to take your dignity. It's meant to take Mm -hmm. your spirit out of you, your sovereignty from you. It's meant to strip you and have you living an almost, you know, robotic Mm -hmm. kind of existence, just Mm -hmm. trying to keep up. Got to pay the gas man, got to pay the rent, got to pay Mm -hmm. that car insurance. My car notes do. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to feed these kids. I got to do all of this. Mm -hmm. You're so busy and hung up trying to survive in the United States. You know, it takes a rare dedication for people to carve out the time that's necessary to take that time mm-hmm. for themselves, to even believe that they deserve that time for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. Ecuador, piece of cake in that regard. Mm. You know, because mm-hmm. it's a very peaceful they say it's muy tranquilo, which means very calm mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in the city that I live in here. So hope that answers <laughs> your question. I know I can just kind of take it around, but I'm always trying to make connections. You know, I'm always hopeful that people will see the connections that I'm making with things so that, you know, maybe in there, there's something, you know, that gives a little bit of inspiration Mm -hmm. or a little bit of hope or a little bit of, like I say, especially in the U.S. when people are working 12-hour days and everything else, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to keep up with the keep up. You know, and all the distractions of having people chasing for Louboutin shoes and, you know, mm. uh, Land Rovers and all the material things of life that mean nothing mm-hmm. in reality. Mm-hmm. But that we have, you know, mm-hmm. we've, we've become tricks for them. So,
0: yeah, I don't know. I, I really get it. <laughs> oh, we're on the same soapbox as I can sit here like, yes. <laughs> Now, I know that, you know, you have been, like, growing and expanding, and at some point you decided, I'm going to start making YouTube videos. How did that happen for you that you decided to step into that very current, modern, connected social lens? My teacher.
1: I was never going to do that. Okay? Okay. So you you can just say that all of this is due to this my last teacher because she pushed us all you know to, you know get you know establish your website get on YouTube start doing these videos and I took it to heart because I really so wanted to be such a good shaman see I really grew up with that good girl syndrome you know all my life too
0: so I was going to do what
1: she said because I respected her authority and so mm-hmm. that's how I got out there but I extremely it may not appear that way often I'm extremely uncomfortable doing it I'm extremely aware that Mm. the lens is on me but I am extremely also devoted to once I you know you sort of push myself out there to speaking myself my heart my truth directly to whoever is listening I'm you can you know maybe it comes back to my days of wanting to be an actor or whatever although I'm not acting uh, to be an mm-hmm. actor and to be on screen um I guess I got it after all in my own mini version but it wasn't that I chose really to do it it was that I was following um I was following my guidance mm-hmm. so it's <laughs> it's still something that you know I'm much more comfortable now But I have days that I have to make myself get in front of the the webcam because I promised myself that I would do it. And Mm -hmm. so it's me pushing myself beyond my level, my comfort level, my comfort zone. It's me pushing myself to be a person who walks her talk, to not be just telling people, oh, you need to do this and you need to do this and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I know this and I know that, but I'm a person that walks what I say. I'm not a person that mm-hmm. isn't talking. I'm talking just out the side of my mouth. I'm talking from my lived experience most of the time. So, mm-hmm. Or I'm talking from the experience of those, you know, with whom I I have association or who I have gained experience through. So I, you know... It's, some, it's something now I feel compelled to do as I promised myself I would do it as part of my challenging myself in my own spiritual growth and development. But it's also because I am a teacher and I am a minister and I am all those other mm-hmm. things that you mentioned in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's part of my mission. You know, I'm on that, you know, ascension journey known as the twin flame journey. And it's part mm-hmm. of my mission with or without the other person, I'm, you know, yes. I'm on a mission of God, as I say,
2: mm-hmm. and that is for Absolutely. me to do
1: the work of my soul.
0: Yes, and the soul work starts on self first. I tell people that all the time, it it's, does. it's all an inside job. Anyone who's a healer has first looked to healing themselves, you know, and learned from that experience. Um, I do notice that you pick back up those tarot cards off your shelf at some point in time and then became (laughs) comfortable with them because you do use tarot in your readings on your, you know, you're bringing in information, but the tarot is like a catalyst as I have seen and observed and received your messages. Um, Is that Mm. one of your uh, favorite divination tools or do you, still kind of have a challenging relationship with the tarot cards or? Um.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm much more relaxed and, and at ease with them now um, <laughs> than I was all those many years ago in graduate school when I put them on the shelf and side eyed them <laughs> for quite a while. In fact, I ended up giving that tarot deck to somebody um, because I was, I was just like not ready. Although years later, mm-hmm. a few years later, I bought about I bought a bunch of decks, but I never really tried to learn them until recently, actually, and really to pick Mm -hmm. them up and use them as the tool that they are. There's nothing really innately, you know interesting, except perhaps, the you know, the story, the history and the imagery of these cars, mm-hmm. they're just a tool mm-hmm. that facilitates the, the information that we all do or can channel if we open ourselves to it. You know, when I was in mm-hmm. graduate school, one of the things that we did explore was the Ouija board. And people get all freaked mm-hmm. out by it because they think that, you know, oh, stay away from the Ouija board. Ah, you know. Mm-hmm. But for us. <laughs> right. It was the most amazing, wonderful experience. And you could ask my besties, Cherry and Jasmine, because they were a big part of it. We got so mm-hmm. much good information th- in that process. But I think to the degree that you, um, your conscious is elevated, your vibration is high, is the degree of the information that you bring through you. Mm-hmm. So whether it's Ouija board, angel boards, tarot cards, runes, if you read crystals... Mm-hmm. If you just, you know, I don't know, do hopscotch and jump backwards three times and give people information, it doesn't really matter. It's where your vibration is, the level of quality Mm -hmm. of information that I believe that comes through you. So that's why I'm always thinking it's really important for people because you can, you know, you can entertain all kinds of energy, you know, the positive and the what we call not so positive, you know, and that can become a distraction. But that's another
0: subject. Absolutely, I hope I am.
1: I am more, much more oh, yeah. comfortable with
0: these cars. <laughs> yes, and like you said, there anything can be a tool. I tell people all the time, you know, a gardener can take, um, you know, or a person can take a chainsaw to trim their hedges. Or they can trim them with a non-automated, you know, little clipper thing that they actually run across the heads themselves manually. Um, they could break the twigs with their hands if they choose to, you know. Um, so you're just using a tool, but if you're willy-nilly, you could cut off your arm, you know what I'm saying, with any of those implements if you're not utilizing them in the right so it's really the practitioner and the intention. And a lot of the fear mongering that has had us to step away from these things is just from either ignorance or purposeful veiling of those particular pathways to access, but you are the conduit ultimately and the receiver generally then of the messages Mm -hmm. that are delivered. Now, when you are assisting your clients now, what does it typically look like for a person who has approached you for spiritual work? Well,
1: I use much
0: of my intuition.
1: And I also, as I told you, I work with a planetary collective as well. So I'm also a channel. But um, it could be tarot cards. I can just, you know, usually, I I, I think the most readily available, I don't know, tool, if you will, for me is, uh, is my intuition. And it's, it's always been a very strong thing. Like I said, although, you know, I was made to believe I didn't know what I was talking about it's always been something that's been a very strong signature in me and so I think I go immediately there I talk from there first and then sometimes I'm channeling and then sometimes you know when I think I'm maybe not doing certain things um, I know I'm even doing that when I'm using the cards but it gives me a level, a different way of looking. I think I picked up the cards because I think people like to see the pretty images on the
2: screen. Mm -hmm. It
1: keeps their (laughs) attraction and their attention because we're in such a visual, you know, time now. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. you've got to, you know, they got to have the flash and bang and the cards when people use Mm the cards, I think it, you know, gives people something to look at and focus on.
2: You know, Mm -hmm. I guess you're
1: not enough usually, but. Anyway, that's <laughs> mostly what I, <laughs> that's mostly my first thing. You know, I also, um, you know, read the Akashic Records. I do Akashic Record healings and, mm. my, and my teacher taught, taught me that and also uh, soul clearing work, which is, you know, okay. when, you know, when you find that you're alive, it's what people usually do or try to do when they're using sage and, you know, things like mm-hmm. Palo Santo and things like that, only it's energetic mm-hmm. spiritual cleaning. And so Mm -hmm. I I do that quite often uh, for myself and for others. So does
0: that answer? Oh, this sounds (laughs) like fun. Yes, it does. Now, we've had a whole bank of people who've been tuned in listening on the phone line. I have one person who's indicated that they have a question. I'm going to check in first to Mm -hmm. see if they have a question or if they're holding for a reading, and we'll circle back here. Uh, this is caller entering 9881. You're on the Psychic Inside Show. Did you have a question this evening for Hypatia, or were you holding for a reading? It's
2: more like a statement. Okay. Is, oh, um, that's Jasmine. Yes, it is, Jasmine. <laughs>
0: I'm, <just calling laughs> you I was...
2: I'm so happy to hear you touch on mental illness. Because I am so aware of all the different levels of reality at the same time. And you know I always Mm -hmm. say this. You know I always say, in a crazy world, only the crazy are sane. And I just was thinking and hoping you might talk a little bit more about that. Because I know we, we just label people who see things, hear things as crazy, as opposed to they're tuned into something we all might need to know. And so I just mm-hmm. I, I thought it was interesting. And you talked about it like it was a separate subject, but they're so intertwined to me. I also just want to say this woman is one of the most tuned-in people I have ever met. And another mm-hmm. one of her strengths is that she has this direct connection to all there is, God, spirit, whatever. So whenever she does anything, she brings in that full sense of God is in me like the oceans in a wave. And just mm-hmm. whoever is in her focus point is blessed. So that's
1: what I wanted to say. Aww. Oh my God!
2: Oh my God! Thank you,
1: Jasmine. Thank you. And I want to say, I want to say to Joel that this is my friend, one of my two friends that I yes. thought you should meet. And she can. T- she's trying to get me to talk about mental illness, but if you want your mind blown. Get her on your show to talk about mental illness, Alzheimer's, death and dying, young people okay. and their fascination with the machinery, any of those topics. She is brilliant. So, okay. you know, it's like game recognized game, I guess. <laughs> oh, <that's it. laughs> and she's very, 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 very psychic,
2: extremely Yay. psychic. She hates
1: me to say that. You could get her to give somebody a reading. She would blow your socks off. So
2: okay. Anyway, and I understand gotcha. you're a Libra yeah. sister too. I am a Libra, triple Libra. Sun, Moon and Mercury. What? Wow. Yes.
0: When is your birthday? How I say
2: on the planet. I don't know. September
0: twenty ninth. Ah, uh, see so I'm a Libra my two or three besties are all Libras, all seven days apart wow. from each other. We have a whole five person Libra constellation happening. So uh, wow. Libra and Aries are all closely connected. So like I said before, I knew that this was going to be a connected conversation. I feel such an affinity for all the things that you have shared this evening, Hypatia. I mean, uh, and, of course, these conversations that you're mentioning with Jazz, and I'm like, yes, uh-huh, yes, mm-hmm, okay, yes. <laughs> so <laughs>
2: I'm going to on Facebook.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Definitely
2: because, And my other friend Cherry.
1: I don't know if she's listening or not, but that's another conversation you should have with the most amazing woman. So I'll just drop
0: that in for now. Well, this is wonderful because I will say that, you know, the issue of silencing things such as um A, your psychic abilities of children or them having extrasensory experiences, uh, silencing, Mm -hmm. you know, mental health uh, and things that are inconsistencies that people experience, Um, it's really so interrelated. Uh, as you said, yes. because if um I've had people on the show who talk about they were so empathic as children that they became mm-hmm. codependent and then alcoholic as they were trying to mm-hmm. substance away their sensitivities to the emotions of the adults yes. around them, and it was yes. damaging to them because they didn't recognize that they were Processing everyone's emotions in this, the adult pea right. soup around them, you know, and had to then get traditional therapy and recovery and all those things to encounter healing before they then could open back up to the fact that they were still impasse and clairsentient and still able to read people and then to move into a healthy that's way right. of doing that and becoming professionals. Um, that's, that's not right. an uncommon experience for many of the people who I've had on the show to talk about the, the hurt, as you said, hypatia that you experienced even to yourself by trying to suppress a natural part of yourself.
1: hmm that's really true. Did you have as, a question, you know, a,
2: Jasmine? My I just wanted you to talk more about the mental health issue, but just to not lose that point you were making. So that was my mm. question. And you you did, I think.
1: Oh, I meant another kind of question, but I see what you're saying.
2: <laughs>
0: well, it's if you're a person um, who's clear audience, who hears spirit, it can be mm-hmm. very challenging, like if you're trying to um, come into a traditional society or a job, and then you're telling people, "Well, the voices <laughs> are telling me yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this information about you." And the first thing people would say was, um, "Yeah, so why don't you come with me? We're gonna go see some <laughs> people, <laughs> you know." That um, I remember
2: the exact moment that I stop being crazy I was at a traditional job and I remember reading something and getting messages through the written word I was working at ACT in Iowa City and I just remember thinking I am not going to walk through life seeing this stuff and I shut down part of it so that I could actually appear slightly normal and I think I've been successful Mm -hmm. but I I opened it up in my personal life
0: yes I mean, that's not to say that there are not you know serious things that people contend with, such as bipolarism, PTSD, um, um, behavior disorders, and those kinds of things. But what I've also found is that things such as crystal therapy and grounding energy in terms of adding to psychiatric care Um, holistic things such as aromatherapy can soothe and calm during manic episodes. And, again, that's not detracting away from, like, the medication protocols that we understand for certain chemical imbalances and things that present themselves. But I do think that we are moving more into a holistic way in some ways of looking at what we throw prescriptions at, versus what we throw different practices such as dietary changes and environmental changes to support us in our total health being.
2: I'm happy
0: about that we're not shocking people, you know what I'm saying, um, it, mm. now without understanding. And I can't even imagine the number of psychically sensitive young people, and mm-hmm. especially people of color or who were poor, mm-hmm. who were subjected to institutionalism, institu- institutionalization, mm-hmm. um, who were really just psychically sensitive, and they experienced these traumatic responses by our systemic culture, to those presentations. But I'm thankful that we're moving in generations away from our parents and grandparents who might have been put away. Mommy went away for a while because she was really just experiencing anxiety attacks or energy overloads, but it wasn't recognized as that.
2: And think of all the information we've lost by silencing those people. They were trying to actually tell us something. They were actually getting messages that made sense at some level, and then you
0: just pile it and shut them down.
2: Right. Well, that's why
0: these young souls are here, you know, the young old souls who are here, the crystal children, the indigos, the rainbow children. There is having to be a shift to just, experience their energy they are teaching us and I firmly believe that these Mm -hmm. are the misunderstood the open ones who were shunned away and experienced great harm that are here to be part of this collective shift towards a higher vibrational humanity that we are all experiencing and have opportunities to contribute to I firmly believe that And, uh, you know, for you uh, to come on the show and share about, you know, the fact that you experienced wounds in your childhood and that you were trying to please and feel acceptable and loved and that here you are now, X years later, living this vibrant, unexpected lifestyle that is bringing you love and light, as you say, love, laughter, and Mm -hmm. liberty, is going to be inspiring to people who hear this conversation at some future point, and I'm just so grateful for these moments and times, and of course, I'm like, I could keep talking with people all the time, but I'm always conscious of my audience, but this is... Food for my soul, and I'm so appreciative that you mm-hmm. have shared yourself this evening in our conversation. Uh, for people who want to reach out to connect with you for do, to do some spiritual work, how can they contact mm-hmm. you? Well, I my YouTube channel is Soul
1: Whisperer, so you can that's where mm-hmm. I do my daily do. But I have a um, a page on Facebook that's Soul Whisperer, um, that's my, should I say, energetic page. I have another one, but that's my writer page. This one is Soul Whisperer, um, and my website is www.onhighseer.com. So,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I don't even know my email. I think it's Soul Whisperer nine 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 at gmail.com. Okay. So those are.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, and
1: Instagram Soul Whisperer nine nine nine. Twitter on High Sears. So I have a lot of ways, I guess, but <laughs> that's a few of them. Facebook, maybe most people know the best, I
0: guess. Well, I will be posting links to all of your uh, real estate in the virtual sense, ways for people to contact you in the notes to this show on Blog Talk Radio and then also in the video of tonight gets posted over to YouTube so that people will be able to reach out to you at some future point when they come across this conversation which will actually be in the right and divinely aligned time for that particular Mm -hmm. soul and for them to know that something has whispered to them through the ethers Ah. to call them to this moment
1: (laughs) I actually got that name, I have to tell you, from one of my subscribers who has her own channel. Her name, the name of her channel, is gave me now, she, she calls herself Spirit, and her name is Lee Eggles. But she has her own channel, and she used to come and she used to say that in my comments. She would say, mm. oh, you're, you know you just whispered to my soul again. Or she'd come and she'd say, you're a soul whisperer. She'd just call me, hey, soul whisperer, I love your message. And I finally said, you know what, I really like that. And it resonated with me. And that's how I got it. I mean, that's how I got the name, actually, uh, from Well, from it her. worked. And I thank her. <laughs> it, I guess. It was apropos. And I wanted... It worked
0: because I saw it, too. <laughs> And I want to thank you so
1: much for inviting me onto your show. I really, when I saw, you know, when I looked at your site and when I looked at what you did, I thought, gosh, she's impressive and what she's doing. And I could feel you, like I said, we met on that, you know, other channel and it, and it was, I could feel you in your, your words and conversations. I said to myself, she's not just the average cookie. I mean, I could feel (laughs) that in your energy because I am sensitive I'm a thin mint. I'm an <laughs> A thin mint.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a short friend. Oh, I don't know what that means. I
0: <laughs> know. Uh, <laughs> now you've got me going. But I do want to also thank you, Jasmine, for Calling in and listening, I saw you there on the line uh, with your hand patiently raised for quite some time, and I think it's beautiful that you're here to support your bestie and that she has found her tribe that she speaks so highly of. Many people lose friends and family as they step into their authentic selves. And the thing you have to know is that there will be other authentic selves to connect with you when you come out the other side of that transformation process.
2: Well, this woman Ooh. will never lose me because I'm so inspired by her journey, and she is just, I could not be on the planet without her, as she knows. So she's going to have to keep Aww. doing what she's doing for a very, very long time. But I'm just so <laughs> proud of her, and I'm so uh, impressed to see how the universe is taking her message and making it bigger, wax on, wax off moment. Is <laughs> <laughs> oh. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so well, fortunate. You know, I used to look.
1: Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I used to look at Oprah Winfrey and I, I would just, you know, I really admired the relationship she had with, with her best friend, Gail. And I thought, but mm-hmm. I don't have to want for a life of Oprah Winfrey or or Gail King. I said, I got Jasmine and Cherry. I mean, I mm-hmm. got everything. You know, it's name, Steve? a coach.
2: Okay. Rider guys. What's the name of the comedian?
1: Steve Harvey? <laughs> what's <laughs> that guy's name? No, Steve, no, the, the oh, Steve, Steve Martin. Martin. I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. His uh, One of his early movies called The Jerk, when he was leaving yeah. and he would grab his blanket, he'd say, I got my blanket and my pen and that's all I need. And then he'd go back and he'd get, you know, his chair and his lamp. And I got my blanket and my pen and my chair and my lamp and that's all I need. And that's oh. how I feel. I got certain people in my life and that's all I need. I don't need anything, Amen. but I need, you know. I need, I need the love of true friendship, true friends. Mm-hmm. I need kindness. I need integrity. Jasmine is a woman of master integrity. If you get to know her, you'll mm-hmm. find out. And uh, I need people who are kind and compassionate, who live what they say they believe, who endeavor to do it. None of us is perfect, you know, but mm-hmm. walk with without all of the shields and masks, you know, that I'm trying to encourage people to take off. A little bit at a
0: time. Take it off. Take it all off.
2: Anyway.
0: (laughs) Well, that's how you're living. So you're receiving your reflection back to you, which is the beautiful part, you know. Uh, When you are in integrity and in kindness and compassion and living your life out loud without any masks or representatives, then that is what you attract or keep. Keep next to you, might attract some other things, but you're not going to keep all that around <laughs> you because it's not going to resonate for very long. So, you know, I, I appreciate you. I, you know, I appreciate you for coming on and sharing a slice, a okay. uh, compressed version of your story <laughs> of your journey becoming who you are becoming. And I mm. look forward to having more conversations with you. And I would be remiss if I did not mention our virtual friend Kiera at Southern Mystic Tarot on Southern YouTube Mystic. because you are a moderator for her, of her uh, readings and, and chats, and that's and how I encountered you. And so I definitely want to shout out Kiara.
1: She's a delight. She's just wonderful. She has such a wonderful spirit to me, which is why I come back to her. I just watch her videos, even though they don't have anything to do with me. It's like, I'm not a Scorpio. But she's on, so I want to go and listen to the Scorpio reading because I just
0: like her energy. And I think she's terrific. Anyway. And she's one of those young souls who is, you know, under yes. thirty that is stepped right very light. quickly into a pathway, and she's created her own oracle deck and tarot cards. She's not clearly not leaving those tarot cards on the shelf. I do hope to have her scheduled for an interview on the Psychic Inside Show at some future point. So, thank you, Kira, for you will. Uh, making the introductions.
1: And she, you know, if I could, it wasn't such a thing. I have to wait for people traveling in order to get stuff from the U.S. That may be one of the sort of downsides of trying to get things that you want. But I intend to get her deck. You know, she's always Mm -hmm. saying, you know, if you want my deck. I do, but I just can't get it right now because it's nobody traveling in this
0: direction. But anyway. I've been there and done that. I have friends bringing me stuff in Mexico, I got to you know. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> but um, my guest next week uh, is the lovely Kristen McDowell, and Kristen is a Reiki healer and energy practitioner and uh, tarot angel card reader. I met her mm. at Gloria Parker's Big Psychic Fair, which happens every first weekend of the month up here in Roswell, Georgia. the north of Atlanta. She's a wonderful, kind, and powerful energy healer, and she also Mm. has created an oracle card deck called the Messages of Love Oracle Cards, which are available on her Etsy store. Uh, She is the owner of All Things Intuitive. So Kristen will be here on the Psychic Inside Show next week at 8 p.m., and on Thursday, we are going to have the card talk. We're going to talk about how she came up with these cards and how spirit worked with her to bring them into crea- creation, what the process was Like for her in terms of getting them published. This was the second interview in the series of creator interviews that I'm having. My first one was a couple months ago when I had Dr. Tracy J on, who talked about her air angelic cards and her system of uncovering the messages that your heart has for you in terms of uncovering the blocks to the layers of love, the 12 layers of love. So I love having these conversations with people who have taken their gifts in a very tangible way to bring tools mm-hmm. forward for people to use and the artists that they work with to create these visionary Uh, access points if you will and so I'm really excited about next week's show and I do hope that all of you will tune back in Uh, to each of you who have been listening online and on the phone lines I'm so grateful that you tuned in for this week's uh, interview with Hypatia Althea Grace the soul whisperer did you have any (laughs) last minute sage words of advice for our listeners as we close this evening Mm. Well,
1: in these, I would just say this, in these really challenging times, and I think they're challenging all over the world in one way or another. I think that one of the best things we can do for ourselves is learn to honor ourselves and trust ourselves and find those people who would help us do that as well and for whom we could help do it. Because I think as the days keep going, as the stresses keep increasing, as the energies intensify, and you can probably tell with this ecliptic energy, everything is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that <laughs> people need, they need all kinds of things in order to be able to cope. Not, you know, first of all, your own individual practices, but also the love of people who really support you, who love you, love you in your ugly as well as in your beautiful and that you mm-hmm. also learn to affirm yourself. That's the, that's the main thing, and affirm your children, if you have children. Um, because mm-hmm. we're trying to make it the world, we're trying to work it, spin it out into a, a different direction than the way it's going. And that's one person at a time, and everybody counts. So to that mm-hmm. degree, I just want to encourage everybody to move, you know, to move to whatever the highest they can reach for in them is. I want to encourage that.
0: And do I say amen, or I say? I mean, you know, I mean do I snap my fingers? You know, and I pump my fist. You know I really thank silly. you so much. Me too. <laughs> Me too. So, but thank you so much, and to each of you out there, I wish for you this week that. Beyond the eclipse, you receive the energies and allow that which needs to be revealed to you to be revealed and that you make the shifts necessary after those revelations happen with ease and grace and this embrace the journey and throw your hands up like a roller coaster, you know. And to each of you, I wish that this week is full of blessings so much that they spill out from their arms to bless the world around you. Know that the light in me absolutely honors the light in you. Namaste. Namaste.